Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What is going on, boys and girls? Welcome once again to the Basketball and Beers podcast. It's your boy Armando. Uh, great episode. I can already tell this is going to be a great episode just from my conversations pre-recording with my next guest which like i should mention i should apologize and i already did apologize to my next guest it's jordan marshall he won aoy for the hobie bos 2021 season and i feel like he's been disrespected so much and um you know he made it to the hobie worlds as well um he's won he won the tennessee um bass championship um just a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. Um, and I feel like I should have had him on this podcast a long, long time ago. He's probably the most unappreciated, most underrated angler out there. Um, I mean, even more than Eric Siddiqui, which I always thought Eric Siddiqui was really underrated. I think he's a great angler, and I, th- I don't think he gets as much of, uh, of the props as he should get. But Jordan Marshall even more. Um, and you know, we were just talking about that in pre-recording and I, and, and I love his candid opinion on things and, uh, definitely, definitely has a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, and I totally understand that. I mean, if you don't know who Jordan Marshall is, you really should get to know this guy. Cause he is a great angler. I mean, what he accomplished last year and what he's doing this year, um, uh, both on the Bass Nation and the Hobie BOS, or yeah, Bass Nation kayak series. They keep changing the name. So, yeah, so super excited to have him on. Uh, before we bring him on, kind of like talk a little bit about my weekend. Uh, let's see, I am pre fishing for the Lone Star Throwdown, biggest tournament in Texas. I went to um, Steelhouse Lake. The tournament is going to be held at both Steelhouse. Still- Oh my God, Steelhouse Lake and Belton Lake. So it's going to be conjunction, those two. Um, and both lakes are like 
the the water level has dropped like 10 feet um steelhouse is a lake that's firm famous for its water clarity i went up river and the water clarity was crap it was horrible pre-fishing i can't remember the last time i got skunk after fishing eight hours but yeah it just happened last week so i'm going i'm going friday to pre-fish again this time i'll go to lake belton and i'll see what happens but anyways that is gonna be all in the past by the time you get to listen to this, because this episode is going to come out Tuesday. And I mentioned that because it's this is kind of like the frustrating part of doing the podcast. Like, I want to make sure we get episodes out and, you know, I don't get last minute cancellations and end up not having to record an episode. But at the same time, stuff happens that by the time I put this goes on air, it's going to be irrelevant, such as the case with the now infamous walleye tournament that uh, I guess people has stuffed lead weights on on a five limit. I don't know. I don't know much about uh, walleye tournaments, but anyways, they stuffed like eight pounds worth out of lead weights into this walleye to win a tournament. I think it made it all the way to CNN. I was web browsing on the computer and I noticed it's like, Jesus, this made it all the way to CNN. That's how this thing caught fire, which caught me thinking, like in a good way, it's nice to make this jerks, um, a-holes, whatever you want to call it, D-bags, famous for being cheaters. But at the same time, it kind of like brings negative publicity to the sport, even though that's more of a boat tournament, not a kayak tournament, but it's still a fishing tournament so anyways you probably thinking yeah that's last week's news it is just be aware that i'm recording a week prior but anyways that's here near near what the what is the expression that is here near neither here or there that's the expression i was looking for so sorry about that um so that's it we we're gonna bring our next guest in just a couple of seconds before we do that Big thank you to my sponsor. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRS, X Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods, douglasoutdoors.com. So thank you, Douglas, for sponsoring the podcast. Quick Waypoints commercial, and we'll bring Jordan Marshall right in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mr. Jordan Marshall, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Thank you so, so much. Like I mentioned in the intro and, and we talked in the pre-recording, I feel like I've disrespected you by not bringing you. Not that my podcast is the official authority in the kayak fishing. I'm sure KBN is a lot more 
holds that title or it's a lot more you know popular than this but still i feel like i should have brought you in long time ago man so well i I won't hold that against you i'm just uh i'm glad to get on any podcast and talk fishing and and hang out because that's you know at the end of the day that's that's what i enjoy that's what i enjoy talking about so i'm just happy to be here well we all enjoy talking about kayak fishing and listening to you talk about kayak fishing i've got to listen to you in the last KBN podcast, uh, well, the one that the last one that I heard, which was um, your Tennessee Bass Championship. Congratulations to that! Another kind of trophy to add to your cabinet. So, yeah, I've got to I've got to start doing something with those at this point. I, I basically got a corner in my in my bedroom where I just have sat everything down, and I have all my Happy Gilmore checks leaned up against the wall, and um, and I've got a whole cardboard box full of plaques and I, i've got to do something with them because i feel like it's uh I'm, I'm disrespecting part of them when i what i've won because I, I don't have them i don't have them on display and people give me a hard time they come over and, and see what's going on they're just you know most most of them are all just sitting in the floor so <laughs> hey i was I, I was just about to give you a hard time that i don't see them on the background i expecting to see this plethora of trophies and no, this, this is what um uh, some people referred to as the tackle barn uh the um i had an ex-girlfriend refer to this as the murder shed <laughs> murder shed yeah it's uh, why it's it's a mess um i actually right here below me uh, strangely enough i don't think you can see it anymore because it's finally faded away but i spilled a um dye uh red dye um like, like the spike it yeah but yeah, yeah spike it so i knocked over red dye off this countertop right here and it fell on the floor so i had this giant red um stain in the floor so was it the scented one too oh the yeah scented it, one. it smelled absolutely terrible for a oh, long man. time it's uh this you know it's just this is a little 10 by 20 building that's that's you know in between my my mama and papa's house and my my parents house and uh it's just it's just kind of out here hanging out it's it's completely out of place it doesn't match anything it's it's completely full to the brim of of fishing stuff and you know collectible fishing stuff i've got a a whole box here if y'all can if you can probably see them i don't know if you do video or not but these are yeah, all dp flats you know they don't make them anymore they're like yes. you know, 30 they're all 30 dollars a piece pretty much i've got you know all, all sorts of them and, and i just i've got all my pile of collectibles and, and different collectibles that i've got i've got wiggle warts and and a bunch of custom painted speed traps and everything else it's it's a complete mess but it, it's my mess so that's you know this is it's this a beautiful mess just oh, by yeah. looking at it completely beautiful scary uh treble hook filled mess you know what's interesting? This is really off topic, and I, I did not expect to, to go into this. But um, speaking of a garage, I have I live in a, like a townhome section, right? And one of my neighbors that just moved in. So the landlord is this guy who's to totally responsible. Um, that apartment is a mess, and it's such a big mess that he can't get anybody to rent it. So the rent that he puts on it's so low that we get some really like shady people moving in and out of those apartments and even those can't pay it. So lately they got a guy um, and he, the guy I'm, I've met him. I've talked to him. I don't judge, um, but I get to talk to him when I'm outside on my garage and the guy, he's really battling his demons. 
Um, his girlfriend is, I mean, it's, it's just a mess. And I keep telling my wife, like, you know, I don't judge, but they're like, we're talking about meth addicts and it's, it's like this guy's, he's nice, but he has, he's has his demons. So right. the other day they left the garage door open and, and I looked at it, it's like, man, those are for somebody who's meth addict. Um, he has some two nice pickups in that garage. And I told my wife, it's like, I don't know. I think those pickups might be. Might be stolen or something because it doesn't add up. Like his car is a jacked up. Uh, I, I can't even tell what brand of pickup is because it doesn't have a front fender. It doesn't even have the grill up front. It just has the radiator. There's no log, logo on it. His girlfriend has uh, some type of like minivan, not even a minivan, like a little SUV, sport SUV that from the late 90s. I don't know. It's It's a mess. Right. So the other day he has two pit bulls and he had them in the garage and then just locked up in the garage and they were complaining. So they came over last night at two in the morning. The cops did at two in the morning trying to see what was going on. They knocked on their door, didn't open. So they forced open the garage. Turns out those two pickups cars that I told my wife that I thought they were stolen, they were stolen. <laughs> so uh, it, I called it. I was like, man, I should be a detective or something. The two pit bulls that they had, they maced the pit bulls. Uh, one of them ran away, and the, I don't know what happened to the other one. And then when I'm coming in this morning, I I, I I got up early, went to do some stuff. When I went to back in, I was with my wife. And she's like, I can't get into the house. I'm like, why not? This is the huge pit bull in front of the house uh, or, you know, where we have access to our door. It's in front of the neighbor's door, but he's growling at me. It was the pit bull that they maced. Last night, people was <laughs> ran away, came back. It was scared. It was growling, and it's a big pit bull. So I had to call the police. The police came and got the pit bull again. So it's it's a mess, man. So I don't know why I went that rabbit hole. But when we started talking about garage. I'm like, I have to bring that story up, man. That's a, that's a good one right there. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I don't know. I was. I hope the guy sells that apartment or fix it or something or puts a higher rent. I don't know. Anyways. Crazy stuff um, for all those out there listening. Be careful, man. <laughs> Everybody, just be careful. You never know. <laughs> Crazy world. So, man, congratulations, first of all, on the 2021 AOI. Um, I'm long overdue. I mean, it, this 2022 season is kind of like almost done. So, yeah, really one, late. One more event. Yeah. One more event. You qualify for the TLC. You would have qualified regardless uh, in the point system. Yeah. But that secured your spot anyways, right? Yeah, I would have been fine um, on points. Um, like we kind of talked beforehand, I I really wanted to, you know, compete for, for AOY. And I knew to have a shot at that um, after kind of a disappointing Wisconsin event um, that I was going to have to go to Dardanelle and just kind of see what happened. Um, I had uh, like a 45th at Wisconsin with with nine fish, um, one more fish that, that, you know, I lost a couple fish on Saturday and either one of those fish would have put me in the top 10 for that event. So I really was wanting to go to Darden, Dardanelle and just get a top 10 and kind of redeem that that trip to Wisconsin and, you know, go to Dardanelle and get on some fish and finish third, which I was super grateful for um, my best uh during season regular season finish in in a hobie um really felt like that was probably the best chance i ever had at winning um or should i say have uh, have had so far at winning a hobie um 
I just made bad decisions on day one. Um, and, and there were a lot more fish there than what I realized, but, um, hindsight's obviously 2020, but you know, got, got a solid finish, got my auto in for Dardanelle going into the TOC and eighth, um, and angler of the year. So really looking forward to try to, you know, climb my way up into that top three so I can get a, uh, world's qualification again, because that's, you know, after going to worlds this past year, that's, that's the goal now every year is, is to, is to qualify for worlds. It's, it's not necessarily winning AOY. I know that's, you know, statistically nearly impossible to, to do that with so many great anglers we have, you know, or really at any level to win, um, back to back angler of the years, uh, especially spread out through all over the country, the way we fish and, uh, you know, but it's it's qualify for top three or or win the TOC. So that's that's my goal every year from from now on is is qualify for worlds and whatever happens along the way just happens. Yeah, and it's in, you're in eighth place, so you're in the same spot you were last year. Um, and yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't know that. You just told me that on the pre-recordings. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna pretend <laughs> I'm this knowledgeable on it. Play, <laughs> I'd have complimented you. Yeah, and. But the I think, and I don't know, I wish I probably should have researched this more. And but I think it's they give more weight to the season now before than like this year than they did uh yeah. compared to last season or something like that, right? To my to my knowledge, um they instead of counting the TOC for double, it's now just as another single tournament. Oh, okay. That's um, what I thought. To, to, to my best of my knowledge, that's how it was adjusted. Um, I, I'll, I'll figure out where the points are when we get there. I just, you know, want to go and, and catch some fish and figure out what happens after that. <laughs> and, and again, I wanted to touch on something because I feel, and I kind of said it on the pre-recording, but I wanted to touch base. I wanted to talk to you about this and get your insight from it. But because I really feel like you were on fairly treated last year um, after you won the angler of the year. And I personally got a little bit upset about it, even though I had to meet you personally. And my thought on it was there was a lot of talk. I was like, Oh, he came out of nowhere. Um, you know, you and Minor had a better season. They put too much, um, which again, no, I don't no disrespect to you and Minor. He did have a great season. Right. Like the kid has proven himself. Like when he won, and I said this on that part, my last podcast, or the one that I had, um, Fred Rambonis and Jackson Rambonis. Like when he won, he got, I think, second place. I really thought, like, I like, you know, on a barrel kayak, and he'd never fished kayak fish on a tournament before. I feel like I, and his home lake, I was like, I, I would like to see this kid keep doing this, talking about your minor before I, you know, we start giving me, him the, you know, the one of the best accolades. Sure enough, he's done that. Like, He's he's grown past that. Like he deserves all the accolades that he's gotten. Yeah. But I felt Ewing's like Cassie. There's there's no doubt about that whatsoever. And Ewing's no. one of my good friends. I, I talk to him nearly every day. Uh, Ewing's an unbelievable angler. So that's you know. So going back to that, um, I felt like there was you were. I I just felt like you were disrespected and treated unfairly. The year before that, and um, you know, if anybody, if I got this wrong anybody you or anybody that's hearing or watching on youtube or facebook you can comment on the comments field but the year before that was drew gregory drew gregory had um entered into three events um prior to that qualified for the toc 
And he was, I think he was further back than you were. And he won the TOC. Russ Snyder really struggled. Russ Snyder was like, kind of like had that position on lockdown, if I remember correctly. And then Drew Gregory had a great TOC, ended up winning it, which by the way, that back then, I think there was only two days. Yours was three-day tournament, right? Yeah, correct. Oh. Uh, um, Drew, I think, was third in AOY going go. to the um, TOC that was in Knoxville. Yeah, and I think yeah. he finished um, ninth, eighth or ninth, give or take, in Knoxville to, to get his AOY. Exactly. So my thought is like, you know, we didn't, I didn't hear anybody complain with Drew wanting it, you know, because I, and I get it, Drew is one of the best, if not the best at it. So for you to be treated like this way, just because you're not as famous as Drew or other kayak anglers, I really thought it was unfair. How did you felt, you know, after the dust had settled and you hear the comments and, and I know you've heard him, um, <laughs> how did you feel about it? So they were, Obviously, I heard everything, um, you know, as being a young guy, I, you know, I, I'm on social media a fair amount and, and see a lot of things. I'm a moderator for a few of the pages where a lot of that stuff was going on. Um, and they were, you know, I understand some some aspects of, of those conversations. Um, the, there were some that bothered me, some that did not bother me. The ones that, you know, really didn't bother me were um, the ones that were you know, hey, you know, the TOC's waited too much. Somebody came from eighth to win AOY. Um, you know, my, my response to that is, you know, I, I understand. I understand you put some thought into this. You know, I respect that. But at the end of the day, everybody had the same chance. Um, yeah. Everybody had the same, um, you know, go, going into it. Um, it's not my fault that some people tend to struggle every year at the TOC. Those names will be left unmentioned. But you <laughs> You can, you I can, can look it up. I get it. Yeah, y'all can look it up. There's, you know, I'm, I make jokes about that, but you know, there's some names that are consistent in the TOC. You know, I, you know, my, my, I finished, I fished three TOCs and I've got a fifth, a second, and a second. My average finish is third. Um, I don't, I don't think there's anyone that's probably even close to that, if we're being quite honest. And some people, you know, finishing in the bottom 10, you know, a couple, of, if not all three of the years and, you know, when, when it comes time to, you know, do things, you know, clutch and, you know, people talk about that in basketball and football, you know, it's, you know, you gotta be, gotta be clutch. I feel like that time of year and that sets up for my strengths. And uh, I, I, I like being motivated when I go fish, there's nothing more that I love than some, than some friendly trash talk beforehand. Um, and y'all probably seen that. I like to, I like to get into it when I'm, when I'm on social media, but um you know, some stuff bothered me, some stuff didn't. The one that, you know, frustrated me, the one that actually kind of I would read and get, you know, I would either A, put my phone down or B, you know, text one of my boys and be like, did you see this? The one that the ones that bothered me were the ones that um, were, oh, you know, Jordan came from, you know, nowhere to win AOY. And, you know, depending on how you want to read that, you know, it really bothered me. And I, I'm – I understand that, you know, a lot of guys didn't put me in, uh, you know, the same kind of tier, um, even like, I mean, even literally with, with, you know, the fantasy fishing thing, you know, what kind of a top tier deal the first year. Um, and I just use that stuff as motivation. And I, I understand people don't put me in that same group as, as Jody and, and Russ and um, Drew Gregory and, 
and, and all those guys. But at, at the end of the day, um, Drew's got an AOI and I've got an AOI and we're, we're, we're kind of doing our own, our own thing in, in that aspect, if you want to use that comparison. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm the best kayak angler that shows up every weekend of a tournament that I'm at. So that's kind of the mindset that I have to have and, and do have. That's just the way I was raised. I'm super, super competitive. And, you know, if I show up at a tournament, I'm, I'm there to win. That's, you know, that's, that's just my mindset. I'm, I'm there to, to win and, and be the best angler that's there every single weekend that I show up to a tournament. Um, and that's, you know, that can be, you know, mind all, you know, not necessarily mind altering, but it can be a hindrance at times when you start off bad on the first day of a tournament. Um, when, when you're going to win, um, that's, you know, my goal every time. And sometimes I have to kind of pace myself and, and, you know, kind of work on making realistic expectations. But at the end of the day, I'm super competitive and that's, that's my goal is to win. And, you know, one of my big things with trying to silence all that stuff from angler of the year last year was come in this year and be competitive in angler of the year. And, you know, even the year before I won angler of the year, I finished third in the AOI. So, um, I, I would be interested to see what the AOI, like if you did an AOI points the year before that, um, when the TOC was in Arkansas, because that year I had three eighth place finishes during the season and a fifth place in the TOC. And, you know, I, I don't know what the numbers are for that, but I guarantee you I was probably in the top three of, of that season too, if not top five. I've never done the math. That's, you know, it doesn't really make any difference. Just like this year, um, you know, I'm not trying to figure up what I have to do and how many spots I've got to beat people. I don't know what the what the points even are for TOC. I'm just going to go fish as hard, about, hard as I can, try to win the TOC. And if I don't win the TOC for, to qualify for Worlds, then, you know, we'll see where we're at in points. So um, I try not to get too hung up on it. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm super competitive. So I'm just going to go win and figure out what happens after that. Would you say that, you know, coming into this year and feeling like, like I mentioned the pre-recording, you know, definitely have a chip on your shoulder and you feel like you need to prove it versus 2021, where I guess you weren't on, like you mentioned, you weren't on anybody's radar as far as winning the AOI. So really there was no pressure on you. Now that not only did you win, but you got, there were so many people questioning the point system and unfairly and disrespecting your name did that ever took a toll on you did that make you a better angler or did that person you in ways that made you be not face as good as you would have liked um i think the first few events i overthunk things a little too much in practice and historically if you ask any of the guys that i fish with um, Matt Millard, Eric Thomason, especially I've stayed with him all over the country at this point. If we have practice somewhere, if you ask those guys and even, uh, Daniel Lyons too, I forgot to mention him. If you ask any of those guys who wins practice most of the time and who loses practice most of the time, I will lose practice every single time. I, you know, it, the Toledo Bend event, we were there for a week. Um, after Fork and Toledo Bend, we were there for a week, and I caught two fish in practice in a week. Really? 
it, I, I couldn't catch a fish to save my life. That would have made me jump out of the bridge. I swear to God. What Damn, two weeks. I would have jumped out of the bridge by by Friday. Oh yeah, and, and what's crazy is I did not get my bites until Friday, an hour before oh, we were supposed to be, be rushing. And I, I was I was losing my mind because I could not, for the life of me, figure out what I needed to do, and I just scrapped everything I had everywhere I went. You know, I was places where there were guys catching fish and could not figure it out. And even guys within our house that were like, hey, you know, I've caught some smaller fish doing this. You can try this. I would go out and do that the next day and could not get a bite. And like I said, you know, I feel like when I go somewhere, I'm a top tier angler. I'm going to win. I'm going to attempt to win. You know, that, you know that's that's my aspect. You know, that's my thought process going in is, is confidence and and doing all that. So it is absolutely just deteriorating to your thought process when yeah. practice goes that poorly. Um, so like I do a lot, I said, okay, I'm going to go to whatever looks like it's just not conducive where it looks like I would not fish. I'm going to go to something completely different. And I found a spot literally just, scanning through maps, looking at Navionics, looking at Google Maps, looking at Apple Maps, just trying to compare different things, different water levels. And I found an interesting spot, and it was two miles pedal one way. I had never been there. I went there. I caught five fish in two hours on Saturday morning. And I was I was excited. I was like, man, I'm catching fish on a spinnerbait in February in some dirty water. This is, this is great. Um, I was really happy. I was like, it's a small limit, but it's probably pretty good. You know, it's, it's been tough. It was tough for the guys in our house more, more times than it wasn't. I zeroed basically the entire week. So I, you know, I was, you know, happy with having five by 10 o'clock. And then I posted my fish up and was like, okay, people are catching them. This is, you know, I just straight up miss, miss the boat. I, mean, I missed the market at Toledo Bend or whatever, uh, the, the, our first, uh, yeah, it was a Toledo Bend, our first Hobie. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I always get all the Texas lakes confused, but you know, I was, it really bothered me because it was like, you know, normally if I can find fish, I can find the right size of the fish. It's just yeah. it's the way I, um, kind of cover water and just the way that I like fishing, I tend to find, you know, the quality fish needed um, to be consistent. And when, after that first day, I, I was ready to go home and I was so tore up. I didn't have a good event at fork with the bass master the week before, which most people didn't because it no, was, that was tough. It was the ice bowl. Um, and I, I, I didn't get a bite there. I went to Toledo bend. I couldn't get a bite. I got so frustrated practicing for Toledo Bend on Wednesday. I actually went to a different lake and wrecked them. And when I mean wrecked them, I caught probably 30 fish on a different lake because I was just, I, I didn't know whether it was a, a mental block. There's another lake in Texas that I like to fish. That's kind of between Toledo Bend and Fork. And, and I went and fished it and was like, dude, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I, I can catch fish here and it doesn't translate to this other lake. And I, I was just, I, I was out of sorts. And, and the first thing I think of when, when that kind of happens is, 
um, you know, you start thinking about what other people have said with, Hey, you know, should, should I have done this? Should I have done that? You know, should Jordan have won this? And I, you know, I had a rocky start to the first part of the season and, you know, I have to keep in my mind knowing going into a year, it's if I can pick up an early um, tournament that I have a good finish on, you know, that's just a bonus because my, you know, my prime season, if you look historically year after year after year, once it gets into May and June is when I start actually, you know, doing well, once the bike gets a little tougher and, and the water warms up and I can, you know, kind of present more bluegill presentations to fish that are bluegill eaters, just because I understand, I understand how fish set up that want to eat bluegill and kind of do that program versus fish that are setting up to spawn. That's a lot more confusing to me for some reason um, to get on those fish, especially when, you know, they're on bed and you're fishing slow. That's just not my style. Yeah, and that's uh, speaking a little bit about that. That's um, current leader, I think, for the Hobie BOS is Cody Milton. He just loves. I mean, I think he's bed fishing, spawning bass. He's the bed. There's nobody even. I don't yeah. think it's anybody even close to yeah, him. To he's, he's amazing at it. And he touched on it on himself on the KBM podcast. You know, talking about him leading or being in the hunt for AOY for three different tournaments. It just happens that. Those tournaments, each tournament was loaded with uh, with the windows where they were still spawning by the time the tournament rolled around, and it really worked out for him. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it, Toledo Bend and Bass Nation Kayak Series on Fork was two of the craziest event I've seen. On the one hand, Bassmaster Kayak Series, if you skunk on Lake Fork on the first day. But you caught five fish on the second day. You still could catch a check. I, if I remember correctly, I think the last three to catch a check. And I know Bassmaster Kayak Series, their check is like, like twenty percent of the field. It's like more than than Hobie. I know that for a fact. Yeah. But regardless, for you to be able to, I think the, the I think I can't remember, but I think the last three skunked on that catch a check skunk on day one and actually caught a nice limit on day two, which was crazy. And then you Toledo Bend, which is a nearby lake from Lake Fork, just a couple of hours, um, completely different scenario. Like the first day was windiest I've, I've ever seen on a tournament. That was 30 mile per hour winds. I know there was, I know uh, my good buddy, Brandon Mays, that bass fishing dude, man, and that, that guy, <laughs> He flipped his kayak, and thankfully he's also in shallow water because that that was a mess for him. Yeah, um, that, that was a dangerous event for sure. Yeah, that was. And then the next day, it was freezing temperatures in the morning, so it went from from, from cloudy and windy, forty degrees to oh no, like fifty or sixty degrees to like thirty degrees on on Sunday, and then super. Uh, sunny like not a uh, cloud in the sky and they warmed up quickly and to me i've said it before that's one of the most that one of that's one of the best performance i've seen on a on a tournament just rolando nandine getting the biggest bag on day one completely changing his strategy overnight and going to a different lake with a different strategy and getting the biggest bag on day two i was like holy crap i don't I don't know. And I know maybe one or two other anglers can pull off something like that, get, yeah. you know, adapt to that. You know, that's crazy. 
But I mean, Jordan, when you when I've looked at what you've been doing um, and what you've done this year to kind of bounce back, where do you think it kind of like clicked for you as far as like, okay, I'm just going to relax and fish and just, you know, tune out the noise of what happened last year and get back on track? Was there any point it was just gradually? That so that most of the part, it was very gradual. Um the 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 biggest kind of turning point in my season um, was going and fishing Santee Cooper, which I do not like. I don't I don't like Santee Cooper. I don't understand it very well. Um, when I was um, I think sixteen or maybe eighteen, my dad bought me a guide for Santee Cooper, and we went down there. Um, just you know, we heard it was a good lake. We went for Santee Cooper in March. And we go down there, and me and my dad did not get a single fish all day, and the guide caught two fish, maybe three fish, and they were small. And I was like, I don't, I don't particularly like this place. Um, I decided when I was starting to fish tournaments, I went to the KBF Open um, and fished it in my little Pelican when I was getting started, and it was windy, and I got blown all over the place. I ripped my pants out, <laughs> and um, I caught like two fish in two days. And, you know, I was like, I was like, man, I ain't never come back here. And I went down there for, um, for the Hobie this year, I guess is the first time I went back since and practiced for two, three days, maybe terrible practice. Just caught, I, I don't know if I caught a single fish in practice in two days, um, but every single place I went and saw any kayak anglers, I saw kayak anglers with these giant, well, not giant, these just glowing orange or white trick worms everywhere I went. People were throwing bright colored trick worms, bubble gum, orange, white, yellow. So um, I saw there was a group of South Carolina locals that were staying in this cab and they all had orange trick worms of different colors, but basically orange. So I went, drove to a tackle shop, found some that had bright orange trick worms. Um, went to the swamp. I was like, if I'm, if I'm going to Santee Cooper, I'm going to go to the swamp, which is the Santee Cooperish Santee Cooper place on the Santee Cooper <laughs> system. And I don't like that. I'm going to go up here and I'm just going to get lost in this Cypress and I'm just going to throw an orange worm. And I think my second cast, I caught a solid fish and my third cast, I caught a solid fish and my fifth cast, I caught a reasonable fish. And here it was 10 minutes in, I hadn't had a bite in practice and I had three fish in the first 15 minutes of fishing. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I might get down with this. And there were probably 20 people at our ramp that morning. And me and Drew Gregory were the only two people that had a limit from that spot. Um, Cause it, it was, it was tough. I mean, there was nothing, nothing easy about it, even though it started off really easy. Um, day two, completely new area, which, you know, I hadn't even been to that swamp we had went to, didn't fish there in practice. Me, you know, none of us had in our, in our house, just decided to go. Um, next day went to a completely different spot, showed up. There was a bunch of people there left, went somewhere else. Hadn't even seen showed up and there was nothing but locals there. I felt pretty good about it. I basically saw all the locals go in one direction 
And I was like, all right, well, so I'm going to go figure out what they're doing. And go from there. Went, kind of watched where they had set up on stuff. They were setting up on islands of trees. I went, I found my own little island, got in there, caught five fish on a jackhammer in the first probably hour. And I was like, well, all right. So all I had to do the rest of the day was just try to, you know, flip once the sun got up. I probably, I tried to boat flip probably a 23 inch fish, maybe yeah. 24 inch fish, like a complete moron. I tried to boat flip it and my line snapped like a complete idiot. Um, that would have really helped me out a lot in the, in the standings. But at the end of the day, I left Santa Cooper with a check, which I had never done. I never had a decent finish there. I'd never have anything even respectable from there. Um, or really any of the Carolinas, to be honest, you know, we went to Norman and Hartwell and St. Cooper and before, and I've never river bassing went to, to, to river bassing over in Charlotte. And I had never done any good ever in the Carolinas. So to leave St. Cooper, I felt like, you know, all right, we've already started early this year with the quality tournament in April. And from, from there on, it was just, you know, kind of bumping up, bumping up. I, I finished in the top, I think, fifth or sixth at, at Chickamauga with the Hobie. And I was like, oh, this is great. We're about to have, you know, it's about to be my time of the year. Bite's going to get tougher for a lot of people. And, you know, covering water is going to be in my favor. Still had a trip to Susquehanna, which I was absolutely stoked about. And if you would have told me Susquehanna would have been one of my worst finishes all year, I would have thought that I probably wouldn't have made TOC. Um, but to, to kind of recover from that event, um, make a last minute decision to go to Wolf and Fox river, which ended up not even being in my, in my limit, but I, I learned a lot when I was up there. Um, and, and it was really good for me to kind of, you know, come back from Hobie worlds and just go immediately back into a tournament and just try to get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, here. Um, in my own boat and, and doing all that. That was that was one of the most important finishes, you know, uh, important events of the year for me, even though I didn't win any money. I didn't um, use that finish in any of my TOC stuff. Um, but that was an important event for me just in for the season for a mental aspect. It gave me a really good reset. And ever since that tournament, um, and having, you know, just making mental mistakes on Saturday, um, with, with, you know, kind of basically fishing out of bounds accidentally, um, ever since that day from Sunday of that tournament on, it's been, it's been crazy everywhere I've went. I've, I've had a lot of fun. I've had a fantastic outlook on how I've been fishing. I've, I've been a lot calmer, everything. It seems to be, I've kind of stayed, stayed ahead with all the patterns and stuff. So if, if it's, it's been very gradual through the season, but, you know, come, come away with, with, with a check at Santee Cooper was really big for me. And, you know, day one of, of Wisconsin at Wolf and Fox to, to get that out of the way and to, you know, to, to recover and, and nearly scratch out a limit in the last two hours after I, I had to kind of reset and, 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 you know, put, put myself in a better situation and, and have an unbelievable day too there. That event, if I had to choose one event, was probably that one that was most important for my year. Yeah, and then, and it shows your your progression, you know, kind of as an angler, you 
when we look back at your last season and previous season, and again, going back to that, kind of like unfairly um, treated after the AOY and what you've done this year. I mean, I think people are, people, I think, th and I'm guilty of it too. We kind of get caught up with who won the tournament, but there's, there's, there's a tournament within a tournament. It's not just about winning. It's about getting to the TOC. Sometimes it's about getting, um, uh, making the right decisions just to get you into, you know, getting good angle of the year points. Uh, there's small victories for each one of us. It might be, you know, something like just getting into the top 10 is, is going to be my goal. And it's, it, I've slowly learned that from one tournament to another. And I'll give you kind of like my perspective on it for those that are listening. And I'm sure you know this for me uh, on the Lake Darnell, um, knowing that I my first two tournaments at the Hobie BOS and I only had three, we're not we're not good enough for anything that that I didn't even actually get AOI points. Um and then I'm thinking either I need to I need to be in the top three. If not, I'm not gonna win. Last um the last three hours I made a conscious decision that I wasn't gonna throw a net rig or a finesse type that was gonna get me a 12, 13, 14 inch bass. I was really just going to throw what I thought and what in practice and in day one got me big bites with a jackhammer. I know I wasn't going to get a bite, but at that point it's like, this might cost me a limit, but a 12 inch bass is not going to, is not going to get me anywhere. It's just going to get me maybe into the top 10 and maybe it's going to catch me a check. But my, my goal was I want to get into a TLC. And I say that because that's, I think, it's what's lost as a spectator. We both look, we we look at it from a spectator standpoint. That's who won. We forget who's got you know nobody remembers who who ended up in the second or third, but those positions are just as important because just like I was like, um, if that if that same scenario would have happened to me on Toledo Ben, the first event of the season, you damn be damn straight I would have just gone through a negrid or something, give me a 12-inch bass, get, get me into the, the top 15 yeah. and give me get the points. I'm not going to worry about getting a win here. I can, you know, there'll be other ones down the line, but being the last tournament and my last chance. So things, there, again, there's a game within the game and you've shown, you know, proven, I think, to anyone that put a doubt or an asterisk on your AUI point that you're not, an up and coming or the new guy or somebody that just came out of nowhere. You, your, your talent level matches your trophy case. Yeah. Um, you know, for, you know, from now on, you know, the, the goal is essentially to, to go to worlds and, and whatever happens along the way happens. Um, obviously I, I want to win a regional event. I feel like I kind of, you know, got the monkey off my back with, with the state championship. Yeah. Um, because you know, what most people don't realize when, when they hear, you know, Bass State Championship, they think, oh, it's just a bunch of guys from Tennessee. Um, that event, um, it, it's, it's going to sound wrong because I'm the one that won it. And, and you know, I, this is going to sound not, you know, like I'm hyping it up, but if you go and look at who was yeah. fishing the tournament, that is, there are regional events with with Bassmaster regional events that have you know you know di you know different events that did not have the quality of anglers that were at our state championship and and even 
you know, Jay Wallen came down from Kentucky. Um, we had a bunch of really good Georgia guys come up, uh, you know, um, and, and even from Alabama because, you know, we have all these groups that are right around, um, you know, like TVKA. Um, they're right there in Chattanooga. So you have, you know, Georgia guys, Alabama guys, Tennessee guys that come up. You know, there's there's a lot of really good anglers that came, um, guys from Mississippi. Um, so you really had what felt a lot more like, you know, there were guys from Virginia that had come down that fish Tennessee stuff. So, you know, it was a regional event just as much as just about anything I fished this year outside of Hobie. So to, to come away with that and have, you know, and it wasn't one of those things where it was a, a struggle win, like when I won the Georgia state championship and I had like 155 inches in two days. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I won that and I'm a Georgia state champion, but I didn't like, it was so much of a struggle. It didn't feel like I had a good day yeah, or two days. Um, and it, with, with the chick event, that was, I think the best two day total I've ever put up ever in any tournament period. Um, so to, to do that there and have so many really quality fish and, like I mentioned, me and Ewing are friends. Uh, we were actually in the same creek um, both days for that event. Um, and we, we knew what each other were doing. We, we were giving each other room. We were giving each other space. The the last cold fish I caught, that really kind of made a big difference in that. I think it was literally my last keeper. Um, we I literally caught that right, when I mean right behind him, that this, you know, area was kind of teardrop shaped that we were fishing and we were just kind of taking turns working our way around um, clockwise and counterclockwise. And he had just fished that little area and swapped to the other side. And I come around the corner from fishing another little spot and fished across there. And he's like, I just had a blow up on that tree. And about that time, I mean, no more than he got that out of his mouth. I had one blow up on the frog and was lucky enough to, you know, stay hooked up with it. So to, to, kind of share that even though it to 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 be there with with your friend at the end of the day yeah. really cool to, to share that um ewing caught a 10 pounder basically well probably didn't weigh 10 pounds but he caught a 25 which is you know bigger than 95 percent of everybody that fishes kayak bass tournaments is yeah uh, um so to, to, to enjoy that, you know, spend, spend that with him and, and have somebody to share water with that, that you're, you're, you're tr you trust and you're friendly with, and you can be cordial to each other. You know, that's, that's about all you can ask for, for a weekend. You know, me, I, I've went and picked Ewing up for, for uh Ufala tournament, his motor blew up on his, on his car. And I drove up to Carson Newman and picked him up and we, we drove down to Ufala together. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, even, you know, as we've talked already on this podcast about, you know, hey, Ewing should have won this and that. And, you know, a lot of people think that I was mad at Ewing's dad because Ewing's dad was one of the people that were making those posts about. Yeah, know, I saw that. You know, I, I've talked to Todd, um, you know, over different things. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not one of those people that, that harps on it and, and, you know, wants to draw that stuff out. You know, I had a couple conversations with him, um, and, and that's that's fine and dandy. But as far as egos, I mean, that's he's he's one of my boys. I mean, he, he's not you know my my best friend, but we talk you know just about every day. So um, 
the, the, the amount of miles that we spent on the road occasionally in the same house together. Um, I'll, I'll go hang out with them at Carson Newman sometimes on, on occasion, if I've got a tournament up that way. Um, but there, there's, there, there's no one that I would like to see win it. If I had, if you, if you said, Hey, you're going to finish second in AOI this year, who would I choose to, to win AOI? It, it would be Ewing. Um, Ewing's an unbelievable fisherman. Um, the, the kid is, is smart with electron, yeah. probably anyone in the entire country. And that goes for bass boats or kayaks regardless. And, uh, when, when we're not fishing the same tournaments, uh, you know, we, we, we try to help each other out best, best we can within our, you know, realm of, of, you know, getting information, you know, within rules and stuff like that. So, um, but there, you know, there, there was nothing, you know, between us that was an issue as far as, you know, AOI last year. And, and he, he's up there with having a chance to win, win it this year. So um, there's really not anyone that's more consistent than he is. So hopefully he wins it and I can walk up there and hold his hand up and tell him congratulations and we can get a picture together. Pass on the torch, right? Yeah, pa- pass the torch. There's no one else I'd rather pass it to. Than, than, than little brother E. And, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you that question because I know it was kind of unfortunate um, and I get it from a, you know, as a father, from a father standpoint, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of pride. I've, I've had this conversation with Fred, Fred uh, Rambanis when we were talking about, you know, people that inevitably are going to put, <clears throat> going to hate on um, Jackson's victory, you know, it, him being a great angler, um, himself and dealing with social media crap is different when it, you know, when they attack your son. Um, yeah. In this case, I know that uh, minor senior would, I, I just felt like I was sad to see the post. Cause I was like, there's, you know, I, I don't know him personally, but I was like, this is, this is, this had the potential to get really ugly when you're considering the dynamics of father, son, and then you being friends with them. But I do, I, I, to say I do applaud his um, final say on it, um, on that. And then again, that was like a year ago. But he yeah. did make a uh, post, I think it was on KBN group page, I can't remember, where he kind of like said, you know, like, let's get this over with and let's just realize Jordan Marshall is the rightful winner, you know, and kind of apologized for the other posts and all that and said, you know, I'll, I'll, we accept, you know, his win. So I'm happy that happened, that he did that, but yeah, I I remember that. It's like, man, this guy that potential to get really uh, awkward really soon. Another way I looked at it after after talking to my dad because my my dad has has you know my, my parents have Facebook too, and um, they're they're on this page. They're they're not active. They they like watching the, the live stuff, and and when I get on there, um, but you know my my dad would be texting me and being like, hey, you know, did you see this that and um. You know, one of the things that we had talked about, I, I'm, I'm a big baseball guy. Me and my dad both are, and we're big Yankees fans. And there's there's a quote, I, I don't remember if it's from from Derek Jeter or who, but it was, it was you know, an all-time Yankee. And they were like, um, you you know you're doing something right yeah. with half people that boo you when you go other places. Or, you know, vaguely, that's, that's, that's yeah. the Lord Marshall East Tennessee version. Of, of that but you know when, when you when you're getting booed for for doing things and and you know that you're doing the right thing you know 
that was a really interesting aspect at it to for for me just to kind of smile and 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 laugh and kind of get caught up in it because you know even as this wildlife stuff happens where people were oh my god yeah doing all that and i i don't you know really like bringing that crap up but um even in the the kayak stuff um i was i was so paranoid when when i realized i was in the wrong at wisconsin at wolf and fox river um i called aj as and told him, I said, look, I said, this, this is, this has happened. I'm, I'm out of bounds. I missed a sign. And I said, the signs are contradictory, but I said, this is, this is the sign here. And I, I want to call before anything, you know, before anyone can call, there's yeah. other, and I, I want to, you know, make this known. And I, um, because I was on the phone with my buddy when it happened and he's like, he's like, man, just, you know, go, go fish the rest of your day. And, you know, you'll figure it out later, you know, this and that. He said, if they're contradictory, they're contradictory. And, and I, I just, I knew as soon as I saw that sign that I just could not, um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't look. I've been, well, I don't want to phrase this. I've been critical of people that like living in the gray area. Yeah. So I find myself in the gray area that was the first thing that I wanted to make sure that it became an area where it was black and white. I did not like being in the gray area um, because when it's anybody can have conversations about, Oh, I would have done this. I would have done that. Y'all should have handled that this way. Yeah. And you get armchair cowboys that are, that are playing on Facebook. And when you find yourself in a gray area accidentally, at least for me, I did not like that feeling. So I, I handled it as quickly as I could, um, called AJ, said, here's what's happening. And, you know, we, we had a conversation and I nearly went home because I knew that people there had saw me out of bounds, even though all my fish had already been disqualified. They took everything off for turning eggs. And um, I had talked to AJ. I said, look, you know, I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable fishing and, he said, look, you know, from, from an aspect of a tournament director, your fish are DQ'd, you're in correct water, you're, you're fine now. And that was really a turning point in my season because I literally went directly across from the boat ramp and had, you know, four fish that were 17 inches and, in, you know, in the last hour or so and lost two more. And, and to, to, you know, golf is, or uh, fishing is a lot like golf where you can hit really good shots and your ball disappears. You can make really good cast and not catch a fish. Yeah. You can, you can make really terrible cast and, and catch fish. You know, everybody's done it where they're hanging a bait off a tree and a fish gets it right there at the surface. <laughs> and they're, you know, constantly there's fish that has a mouthful of trebles and, and the hooks come out and there's fish that everybody gets in the boat where it's like, you're skin hooked and you get it in and you're like, Oh my gosh, how did I land this fish? Or you net a fish and the hook comes out immediately. And you, both of those are such, the reason I mentioned golf is I really enjoy playing golf. I'm, I'm not nearly as good at that as I am fishing. Um, but to those, you know, sports that are so mental and you have to have such um, to steal a quote from Gerald Swindle, you have to have such a positive mental attitude to go through these events yep. and seasons start to finish because you're going to have just stupid highs if you just keep doing this and you're going to have just miserable lows. You're going to be yep. driving 
a tournament in the middle of the night and it's going to be one o'clock in the morning and you've got to get back to work by 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it be for everybody. But you're going to have just miserable where you just want to pull over and just start screaming and hollering and everything else. And, and I think ever since that event, you know, I, I'm always leaning heavily on a first thing in the morning bite and just kind of improving. That's always how my best days go is I catch them early and just kind of upgrade my baits to where I can kind of swing for bigger fish. And the quicker I can do that, the better off I've always been. So to take an event like that where I had quality fish, lost quality fish, I was really mad that day because I lost one of the biggest smallmouth I'd ever seen up there. And as a plot twist, you know, I those fish wouldn't have counted anyway. Even if I landed the biggest smallmouth I think I've ever seen in person, it wouldn't have counted. So at the end of the day, is it a good thing I lost that smallmouth or a bad thing? It's probably a good thing because I would have been way more tempted to do something wrong or try to make it through my day with doing this and that. So, you know, everybody's put in different situations for a reason. And I think that's the reason I fish so well this, you know, later part of the summer and early fall, because I have just fished with such a clean mindset of, Hey, I'm, I'm in the TOC now. That's, you know, my bare minimum goal for the season is to get to the TOC to have a chance to win one. I can fish however, um, and I've fished my strengths and held to it and, and, and really have just fished with such, you know, a clear conscience and open mind and, and just kind of done what I wanted to. So I've, I've, I couldn't have asked for a better fall so far and, and hoping to improve on that this weekend at Pickwick to where I go somewhere that I'm really looking forward to going. I've got some history there and just trying to keep the momentum going and train rolling. I mean, there's nothing more than most of us would rather do than to um, have a big blue Bassmaster trophy um, to, to come home with us from a tournament. So I think it being a two day tournament, um, there was a BFL there this past weekend. I'm sure those guys sore lipped a lot of fish. If you, if you look at the results, they had a really, really tough event. Um, I think somebody cut a check with like four fish yeah. in two days, um, which is, it's it's miserable. So to go somewhere where I feel fairly confident in going, if there's just not a whole lot of people there, I, you know, I feel confident that I can go down there and cut a check and hopefully, you know, get get a blue trophy with, you know, to, to come home with me because that would be just unbelievable to, to carry that much momentum into TOC and, and hopefully the KFL championship, you know, ahead that's going to be on Chickamauga, you know, close to home. So there's a lot of stuff coming up, you know, it's, it's my time of the year to, to feel like I'm, it's my time to make some money and make some moves in the, in, in our world. So um, I've just got to kind of keep a positive mental aspect, not, not get too full of, full of myself and just go and fish and have fun and see what happens. Yeah, and I wanted to um, touch on something that you mentioned because you mentioned the gray area. When you're in the gray area, sometimes you can feel like, honestly, and it, each one of us is, you can be tempted to make the wrong decision. And there's, you know, there's not enough money in the world that's more valuable than than each of our our peace of mind, peace of mind, and and our names. Like, there's no amount of money that's big that's more important than my name on it. And I can get away with cheating that I don't care if anybody knows it. I know it. Um, right. And speaking to that, one of the best advices that I got, it's not related to fishing at all. It's just something in my personal life that I went through as a young man, uh, made stupid decisions 
friend of mine told me, it's like, listen, there's the line where it divides right from wrong. And you constantly, you're mostly on the right side, but you tread too close to that line. And every now and then, it's like a cliff. If you keep walking close to that cliff, even if you're on the right side of the cliff, guess what? You can trip and all of a sudden fall down the cliff. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened to me. It's like, you got to stop thinking about how close can I get to the cliff without falling and stop thinking how far away can I get from the cliff yeah, so to avoid that. Real quick, um, you know, I, I grew up in, in church and, you know, um, one of my um, youth, youth leaders um, used to have a fantastic saying um, with with teaching us and a really simple aspect was if you hang around the mud hole long enough, you'll end up with mud on you. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a good way. <laughs> that's that's a really simple aspect of, you know, and, and, and you know, that goes for a lot of stuff, whether it's fishing or. Or, or what you're doing in, in your day-to-day life. But that's that's a really good uh, way to look at things that's simple that literally everyone can understand because I understood it when I was, you know, 12 years old, you know, and, and it goes just, it holds just as much weight now and showing up to a fishing tournament as it did then. Definitely. Jordan, I've had you for an hour. I really appreciate it. I wanted to ask you one more question, then I want you to give you a few minutes to kind of give shout-outs to whoever you want to give a shout-out to, whether it's friend, family, or or company that sponsors you um going toc uh cattle lake and i'm sure you're aware and i don't want to psych you out but anything but um we've seen like what especially the uh, current leader cody milton has done in the in cattle lake throughout the years not just recently but throughout the years um what's your confidence level going into that <laughs> that body of water when cody's ahead and he really owns that lake. Um, I mean, for for you personally, how do you approach that? So, um, you know, without getting into everybody that's ahead of me um, in the TO, in the AOI standings, no matter what they say, the person to beat, not only is whether he was seventh in AOI or leading AOI like he is, is Cody. Yeah. Um, t- to my knowledge, um, Cody absolutely loves that place. It's one of yeah. his favorite places of fish he's got a fantastic track record to say there um guillermo the same way yeah. guillermo, uh done really well and and obviously being that close to home um uh, you know that's he he's one of those people to 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 watch out for um so it's it's we we had touched on the aoi thing there's I'm in the same position i was last year they changed the point scenario just a little bit which makes it tougher to move up and then you have a lake that suits some of the guys ahead of me really well. Um, I like fishing that time of the year. I like, you know, fishing in November. I like the, the temperatures. I like the way the fish set up. I'm not a super great um, cypress, you know, flooded cypress guy. Um, I've tried to spend more time um, on Santee Cooper this year. What? What people don't know is I went down there for a KFL event, really struggled and went back the next day or I should say the next week and, and went back. I drove down just to fish Santee Cooper just another day and and did terrible as well. I, I, I'm not trying to hide it, but I've, I've tried to spend more time on on those Cypress fisheries this year because, you know, I don't have Cypress in East Tennessee. That's that's no secret. We, we've got a lot of stuff to fish here with with 
small rivers, big rivers, small lakes, big lakes, big lakes that have small fish, small lakes that have big fish and grass fisheries and, and current fisheries and highland lakes and all that. And I think that's why you have a lot of really good fishermen that come from this area is because a lot of guys learn on a lot of different lakes. And um, it's, it's no secret that there's not a lot of cypress here. And that's something that I have, have historically struggled with. So um, I've spent a small amount of time on Caddo. Um, I've, I've never had one of those crazy days on Caddo like a lot of those guys um, have had and, you know, Caddo is known for. Um, but I'm, I'm always interested to get on a fishery at a different time of year, especially one that kind of fits what I like doing a lot better. Um, you know, obviously that it's, it's no secret if, if I'm going to be successful at Caddo, it's going to be me throwing a lot of jackhammer for three days and throwing a lot of top water and, and stuff like that. So, um, I've got a couple days to practice for that event, maybe three. I'm still trying to work that part out with work, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get to somewhere that has, you know, really quality fish um, and and just try to break down a fishery like that. That that's, fish is so large for for the size of fishery it is. It fishes really large um, and it really should fish large with 50 people there. So um, excited to get down there, excited to, you know, hopefully catch a giant fish. Um, you know, it's, it's still fishing. Every, everybody can have a good day and everybody can have a bad day. So, um, the, the most important thing is go down there and give 150% cause that's, you know, what I, what I say a lot of times there's, there's no one that's going to make, put, put more effort into things than I am. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys have, have heard, you know, that, you know, I, I'll put in a bunch of different places and, and cover a lot of water and, and, um, put, drag kayaks long ways to get to different ramps so there's there's no one that's going to put more effort in that week than, than i am and uh, that's that's do everything i can to to do my part and just see where the chips fall at the end of it because if if i do my absolute best then then i have nothing to complain about definitely we wish you we definitely wish you the best i think it's safe to say that what you've done so far was this year uh, not just uh, Hobie BOS, but Mass Nation locally at uh, and both nationally for Bassmaster or Bass Nation Kayak Series is, you know, shut the hell up out of the critics and the naysayers and, and everybody else that uh, question your talents or your level as an angler. But still, we wish you the best at the TOC. Um, like to see you at the very best, like to see, you know, at the very least, we like to see you get your full three limits and, you know, see where, where it racks up against uh, an amazing um, fishery with amazing lineup of 50 anglers. So we definitely wish you the best. I wanted to give you a few minutes to, you know, thank anybody you want to thank uh, companies, personal people in your yeah, life. So go ahead. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mentioned a jackhammer just a second ago. Um, everybody knows I throw a jackhammer a lot. A jackhammer is a big part of my arsenal. Um, it's, it's something I'm, I'm really comfortable. I rely on a lot. It, it catches fish all over the world. I mean, we, we caught yep. uh, perch and pike in Sweden on it. Um, so that's, you know, one of those things I've always got tied on. So shout out to Z-Man for making, um, such an awesome, awesome product that so many people rely on, um, cash and rods. Um, I know this will be kind of a week old by the time it, it, it gets out, but, um, cash and rods just and unveiled a whole new rod series today. Um, called the element. Um, it's the, um, oh, sorry. You good. Uh, you good. 
you know, not not to step on any toes. I know your big uh, sponsor is is Douglas, but you know, oh, no, that's fine, man. Um, Cash and Rods come out with with a fully American made rod. Um, that's the best price point. It's just a little over a hundred dollars, um, and it's um, you know a lot of people when they start handling cash and rods, the first thing they notice is is the carbon fiber grip and. And, you know, just, you know, full disclosure, the first time I picked one up, I didn't like the grip when I was holding it in the store. And, you know, when I actually got one and started using it, you could feel so much more. I mean, with the jackhammer, you can feel every last nick yeah. in the blade as it comes back. And and it really kind of improved the way I kind of power fish. Um, but the, um, you know, I think that the new Element Series is going to get a lot of guys in, you know, holding cash and rods. And, you know, that's what it's all about is, is getting an American-made product that, you know, has, you know, court grips that where everybody kind of traditionally likes the court grips and it's still the same quality blank. And, uh, and you know, we're, you know, cashing, we're excited about that. So um, M-Tech Lithium, um, to, to the guys that kind of follow me a lot, you know, I, I put 25 miles on that battery this weekend on that Newport. Um, so that's... Uh, to, to for a power fisherman at this point in the game with kayaks to, to not have a motor. Um, and I was never a super big motor fan until, you know, the last year or so when I get one and um, I, I try not to use game changer a whole lot and I won't now, but it kind of really opened up how I kind of practice for these Hobies and, and, and really break down a fishery when it's yeah. uh, when I'm allowed to use it. So um, shout out to M tech for being fantastic. They say the best anglers in the world use M tech and, if you look at who's on MTech's staff, whether it's bass boats or kayaks, I mean, they've, they've got a really good claim to that. So um, uh, I, I just uh, got on board with the dugout team. Dugouts, you know, got an unbelievable team. Yep. Top to bottom all the way across the country of, of unbelievable kayak anglers. And I'm really blessed to, to be a part of that now. So, um, you know, uh, oh, my gosh, the, this uh, – uh, Revo sunglasses they're they've been super fantastic um, I got another pair when I won the state championship so I've got like three pairs that I wear I've got a pair I wear to work a pair I keep in my truck when I'm driving and a pair that I wear when I'm on the water so um, shout out shout out to Revo for making unbelievable sunglasses and I think that's probably going to do it for me <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you've earned, really earned all those sponsors and uh, congratulations again uh, for everything you've accomplished this year, last year, and again, we wish you the best. Excited to see what's going up. Good luck at the Bass Nation Kayak Series um, up in uh, Pickwick. Is it yeah. right? Pickwick. Pickwick. Uh, yeah. Are you already qualified for the uh, what, is, what do they call it? The championship, I guess. Uh, yeah, the championship. I, I got qualified at Chickamauga when I when okay. I won. So um, you know, just just a little short kind of you know backstory on that. The um, you know, everybody knows by now that the top 10 get to walk across the stage. Yeah. The stage for the Bassmaster Classic, to my understanding, is going to be at Thompson Bowling Arena. Thompson Bowling Arena is 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. 20, oh, nice. Probably 25 minutes. Um, I've seen crazy amounts of basketball games there. I've seen Bassmaster Classics there, you know, and, and see weigh-ins. That's, you know, where the, the number of people that I know – that will be there to have that opportunity if I can get in the top 10. Um, I, I, I almost run out of things to say talking about it because it excites me that much to have the possibility to do that. Um, 
So obviously, you know, I've got to focus on TOC, right? You know, and, and all that stuff this fall. But um, if if I can make something happen and get in the top ten and walk across the Bassmaster Classic stage in what is essentially my hometown, and to have the biggest stage in bass fishing to be here, and to to have an opportunity to do that is is um, humbling. Before and we're six months out from the tournament, and I. You know, I I, I, already. <laughs> I I smile thinking about just the possibility of it happening. So um, that's that that would be amazing. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to that. Um, it's it's at Chickamauga where where we'll be fishing, and and Lord knows I've spent I've spent an unbelievable amount of time on that lake the last few years. So um, there's there's a lot of parts that are there to to make something really special. So I just gotta you know, focus up, do my best, be prepared and, um, just 120%, 150%, 180%, but <laughs> definitely that's, that's, that's on the radar. So well, we wish you the best in that tournament as well. Um, I have to ask you real quickly. And I thought this is going to be the last, this is definitely going to be the last question. You already have more inside knowledge. I know with your relation, Brian Lambert and the guys at KBN about, the changes in Bassmaster Kayak Series doing. I'm not going to ask you about the changes because I'll wait till that comes officially. But as far as what you know, are you excited of what uh, Bass Nation Kayak Series is going to be rolling up next year? Um, yes. Um, sh- short version, yes. Very, very, very excited. Um, I, what, what little I, I have been able to to, to be – um, privilege to, yeah, <laughs> pri- privileged to, to hear. I'm excited. I, I, I was not going to fish any bass events after the fork event, not because of the weather and stuff, but because of um, just different aspects of how bass kind of handled us as a community. Yeah. I didn't appreciate. No, I uh, totally agree. And and that, that's a long story, but the short version is yes. All of my biggest concerns with bass have or will be um at least um not necessarily taken care of but addressed we'll we'll put it that way yeah um so um you know i'm I'm interested to see what all you know comes out Uh, obviously i don't know everything Uh, i probably don't even know very much at all in the grand scheme of things but as as far as what i do know i am excited about it i'll i'll kind of leave it with that no problem that's good enough uh um, so with that, we thank everyone that uh, made it this far of the podcast. Thank you, Jordan Marshall, again for uh, joining us and, and taking the time. We've talked for an hour and 15 minutes. So I really appreciate you taking time out for this. Um, for those uh-huh. out there, I appreciate you, man. For those out there listening, if you're going to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers while you're out fishing, just just please, I can't stress this, stress this enough, be mindful be responsible um and make sure you make it back home to your loved ones that being said have a great day have a great week everyone congratulations to whoever won the bass nation kayak series might just be this week's host so jordan marshall so if that's it we'll have him back again (laughs) Have have a great day everyone take care